If, like me, you have a few war wounds from your childhood in the form of scars, you might be interested in some new emerging technologies that have the potential to radically alter scarring in the years to come. Hey there, Matthew Nari here, the host of the Happy Habit podcast, found now on Audible, Amazon, Google Podcasts, Spotify, basically everywhere. If you are interested in health, science and well-being, congratulations, you are in the right place. We produce two episodes a week, one on a Monday and one on a Thursday. So if you like what you hear, please consider subscribing and don't be shy. Spread the Happy Habit word. Now, I had the misfortune of being quite accident-prone when I was younger. As a result, I have multiple scars to show for it, and each comes with its own story. So, I have always had more than a passing interest in any scientific breakthroughs that involved treatment of scars. Yes, I suppose there is an element of vanity to it, but from a purely scientific standpoint, developments in scar treatment have lagged behind other areas of science, which is quite surprising given the preoccupation many people have with enhancing their looks and given the money-making potential for any business who could harness successful treatments and discover the holy grail of scar-free skin healing. Our skin is our largest organ. We wouldn't survive without it. It does so much. Everything from keeping pathogens out to regulating our body temperature and lots more besides. But as great as skin is, while skin can heal once damaged, it cannot regenerate. And this is what causes the formation of scars. Some scars are of the cosmetic variety, but other scars, as a result of burns, for example, can actually inhibit a person's movement and prevent the person from cooling down. What I wasn't aware of until delving deeper into the world of scars was... While scar tissue appears to be thicker than regular skin, the tissue of scars is actually weaker. Curiously, paediatric surgeons performing surgeries on fetuses still in the womb noticed that once born, the respective babies had zero scarring. Now, this was 30 years ago, and scientists are still trying to completely unravel the intricacies of in utero skin healing today. But we are getting closer. Although many studies have provided valuable insight into how scarring works, they have yielded few clinically useful treatments. In 2018, the FDA in America approved the first treatment to involve a spray-on skin, and many other skin-healing products are in clinical trials. But this is separate from the new field of skin regeneration, which is aimed at using the body as a bioreactor as such and encouraging skin to do what it did during fetal development. That is, they want skin to regenerate with no scarring. To understand what is needed, we need to understand what happens in the formation of a scar. So if we cut our knee, for example, it will bleed. This then kickstarts a huge inflammatory cascade of events internally. Immune cells, called macrophages, flood the site of the cut. They clear out any bacteria and debris. Meanwhile, white blood cells, called keratinocytes, in the skin's outer layer, divide quickly in a race to plug the wound and prevent infection. 
cells called fibroblasts move in and start pumping out collagen, the most plentiful protein in the body and the key ingredient in the scaffold that gives the skin its structure. Fast forward a couple of weeks and the wound is healed. All that remains is a scar. However, the speed of this healing process has a huge downside. The collagen laid down by the fibroblasts creates a lattice or scaffold that is nowhere near as strong as that of undamaged skin. The result is the skin is stiff and weak. Nature, it seemed, opted for speed of healing rather than for perfect aesthetics. Now, when wounds are small, this is not a problem. But when wounds are larger, this inefficient and hurried healing mechanism can bring life-altering consequences, which is especially the case with scars around joints where range of motion and flexibility are crucial. Now, we mentioned fetal skin scarring earlier, and it seems that fetal wounds aren't the only wounds that are somewhat resistant to scarring. Older people exhibit scars that appear to be thinner than those of younger people. Scientists at the Perelman School of Medicine at the University of Pennsylvania compared wound healing in young mice with that in old mice. While the healing took longer in older mice, they exhibited less scarring. Researchers did a little bit of digging and found that when they switched off one particular gene, wounds in the young mice healed with minimal scarring. This discovery suggests the way forward towards scar-free healing could be by suppressing this particular gene. But it's not quite that simple because the scarring process is a complex one. Fibroblasts, which we mentioned earlier on, have a role in flooding a new wound with the protein collagen and are another piece of the puzzle, probably more than any other type of cell involved in the cascade wound healing process. Fibroblasts are to blame for the creation of scar tissue. Further complicating the story is the fact that we have multiple types of fibroblasts. But the good news is scientists have isolated one kind that is responsible for the formation of most scar tissue. If you deactivate this type of fibroblast, the skin heals more slowly but with less scar tissue formation. Other research suggests a fibroblast could be the route to regenerative healing. This is essentially the skin regenerating itself like in the fetus with zero scarring. Another finding really got scientists thinking. Researchers have long thought that when an adult hair follicle is lost, it is gone forever, but apparently not so. When scientists made a cut in the skin of a mouse, they noticed a hair regrow in the middle of the wound. In addition, the skin around the hair follicle seemed to be normal with a layer of fat underneath, which is something that doesn't usually happen in scar tissue. It seems the hair follicle forces the scarred skin to revert back to its normal state. This is interesting because we don't witness the fibroblasts causing their usual structural disruption. These findings suggest that we may be able to literally prod injured skin towards regeneration rather than scar formation. Although it's probably a little bit more complicated than that. Most skin research in this context has been performed on regular mice whose skin is a lot looser than human skin. Step forward the African spiny mouse who, because of a hostile environment with lots of large-teethed predators, have developed unique skin which essentially rips easily to allow them to escape the jaws of said predators. They subsequently possess the ability to heal quickly also. 
without infection and do all of this without developing scars. Yes, it seems the African spiny mouse exhibits the ability to regenerate skin and they manage to do this even in the presence of a strong inflammatory response which accompanies the immune cascade. Currently, researchers are trying to figure out which parts of that cascade might direct immune cells away from scarring pathways towards skin regeneration. As always, a lot more research to be done, but if in a few years' time you suffer a cut on your face and find your doctor prescribing you a new medication that magically regenerates your skin, leaving you without an unsightly scar, you might have a different kind of story to tell. One that involves a small African spiny mouse. Well, thank you for listening to this edition of the Happy Habit Podcast. Until next time, stay happy. Mm-hmm.